Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast all about the MCU, Marvel TV shows, specifically WandaVision. We're Third in the episode. Wanda world right now. It's Wanda's world. Vision's just living in it, and so are we. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And uh, as mentioned, we are going to be talking about the third episode of WandaVision that just dropped on Disney+. Plus. It is very creatively titled Episode 3, I believe. Oh! Yeah. See, there's a Uh, clue. I got to tell you, uh, before we get into the episode, and regular note... We're going to talk about spoilers here for the entire series up until now. We're not going to recap every little plot point. So uh, go watch the episode first, then come back here because we're going to get into it. Um, But uh, doing a little bit of pickup from the first week, from episode one and episode two, I got to admit. Justin, do do you have any corrections that you want to give first? To the corrections, you are jumping Uh, ahead of the narrative. My fault. My fault. Sorry. It's fine. You're Pete is very excited because I told him before we got on that I had made some errors on previous episodes. Yeah. He's just excited that he was not the one that made errors. Oh no, he made errors. It's just he didn't. Oh yeah. He didn't didn't check them. them. You yeah, didn't yeah, fact check yeah. them at any point. Nobody cares if I make errors. The but... one thing that I wanted to say first, though, uh, I got to admit I was a little bummed that the episodes don't have titles, that they're just calling them episode one, episode two, episode three. It felt like an opportunity for some fun and creativity there that's a little missed, personally. Um, yeah, I, I hear that. I think that's a very modern thing. I would argue that um, while older TV shows did have titles, most often we would never hear them. Uh, also, uh, you know, it's very uh, Kendrick Lamar, you know what I mean? Like just releasing an untitled album, just kind of giving you the track numbers. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I like Marvel on the cutting edge of what's hot and cool. You Plus know? there are clues here. Like episode one is obviously it's like, oh, this is the beginning. This is where it all starts. <laughs> <laughs> episode two is the one that follows up on episode one. Exactly. Episode, episode three, three, everything changes, oh, specifically wow. the number. I mean, it's kind of like, if you think about it, episode three is like two plus one. Exactly. Which is pretty cool. You got to wow. think. You got to think. Open your third eye in episode three specifically. Yeah. By the way, we should mention uh, this week's episode is sponsored by the Children's Television Workshop. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're teaching you how to count in this episode. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so I don't know. That was a little bit of a bummer. I just wanted to mention that uh, right off, but it's fine. I think we'll all move on emotionally from there. Uh, the corrections and additions that I wanted to mention that I thought were interesting. Uh, first of all, I messed up. That was not Saul Rubinek as Mr. Hart in the first episode. Very different character actor. That's actually Fred Malamud in the yes. episode. My bad there. Uh, also, there was the sign in uh, in the opening credits to episode two in the supermarket, which I thought maybe was milk or cereal or something like that. It's actually Auntie A's kitty litter, which is an even stronger indication yes. uh, because you got a black cat, you got Auntie A, that Catherine Hahn is probably some form of Agatha Harkness going on there. Another couple of things that I thought were interesting uh, that I didn't pick up on now that other people have seen episode one and two, they did. One, this is a little dicey, I think, but also in the animated credits, 
some people noticed what looks like maybe the Grim Reaper's headgear in the mm. opening credits. Now, this is getting pretty deep into comic book stuff. Yes. yes. I was going to say, Grim Reaper, famously in the Tom King vision story, is yes. sort of the villain. Yeah, so Grim Reaper is the brother of Wonder Man, who yes. in the comics is oh, the uh, template. His name is Simon. He is the template for Vision's brain patterns, or am I reversing it? Uh, no, I think that's accurate. And it's sort of a weird thing. Wonder Man is not a super popular character. Uh, he's an actor who's very powered. In the last, like, 15 years at Marvel Comics, he's been way up up powered up um because before he used to be just like super strong and he'd shoot um some lasers out of his eyes uh and then yeah i think the vision's brain patterns were were modeled on wonder man so that has created in the comics a weird relationship between wonder man and scarlet witch and his brother grim reaper who hates them yes and wonder man has had romantic relationships with Scarlet Witch. Uh, they've kind of like switched off between Vision. Um, so it's definitely possible it could be mixed in there. It might just be a weird Easter egg. I guess we won't know until later. Um, the other theory that I thought was kind of neat that I wanted to throw out there, we talked about uh, the people in the commercials, right? The, there's yeah. two people. We see them again Same in two. episode three. Same three people. They seem very separated from everything that's going on. I thought this was an interesting catch, and I don't know if I'm 100% sold on this theory, but I like it anyway, is that those are Wanda's parents. Now, well. in the MCU, we never met Wanda's parents. We just know that a Stark bomb blew up, killed Wanda's parents, and Wanda was trapped there with, I believe, Pietro for about two days, staring at her parents' dead bodies uh, before she was finally rescued in Sokovia. Uh, and the fact that you got this toaster in the first episode that's doing a very bomb-like beep, yes. and it's a stark toaster, seems to indicate that might be a potential there. So are we saying that those are... Um manifestations of her parents um, maybe deal, dealing with all that she's dealing with trauma with vision having just died perhaps um, and maybe these are other traumas in her life coming out because that would explain um, the Strucker stuff since we haven't since he's dead in the current mm -hmm. continuity yeah I mean I think so and I think the fact that they're walled off like they don't exist in the same part of the reality as everybody else in it's Westview right I've been very terrified yeah. about getting it wrong but uh, Westview, Westview. Uh, terrified, you say? Yeah, terrified. Uh, might mean that they don't actually exist. They are figments of her imagination, perhaps in a different way than everybody else's. Pete, what were you going to say? I just want to say this is my new favorite part about doing a podcast with you is the part where at the beginning you uh, admit your flaws and that you're not perfect. This we moved is really on from just... there. That was the well, last I'm topic. Saying, we now moves on to I, theories, Pete. I, I, this is this is really enjoyable. I got to say, uh, as a longtime listener of the show, uh -huh. this is my new favorite section. <laughs> oh, uh, Pete, uh, newsflash: you're actually on the show. <laughs> oh, dang it. Oh, man. But Alex, Busted. we would love to hear an official apology for your mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, before we uh, get into talking about episode three, I want to look all of you in the eyes here. And I want to say I'm sorry for everything wow. He's that Pete right has gotten wrong for 14 oh. freaking years. This is great. Do you want to swear, buddy? No, Hold it back at the end there? I want to keep it safe for kids. Children, 
children's television workshop again. Yes. Oh, right, we have a lot right. of kids tuning in this episode. <laughs> uh, I do. I, I know we spent a lot of time here at the beginning of the episode. I do want to move on to actually talking about episode three in a second. But the last little thing that I thought was kind of neat uh, after episode one and two, they released this behind the scenes thing to tease the episodes that were coming up. Uh, and at least for the first episode, the one set in the fifties, we knew it was filmed in front of a live studio audience, but I didn't know until they showed the behind the scenes stuff that everybody on set and in the audience is wearing vintage clothing as well. Wow. Which is crazy. I mean, the, the thorough, the thoroughness with which Marvel makes their products is admirable. I do wonder, uh, I was just going to say, I do wonder if that's just for fun. They were like, have a little fun with it and live in the moment. Or if we are going to loop back to the 50s thing, see the studio audience at some point and kind of break that fourth wall. That seems a place the show can go. Otherwise, it would be kind of like a waste. I don't think that Marvel would just kind of waste money like that. So I feel like we would have to see something. Yeah. Marvel, famously frugal. (laughs) (laughs) The house of frugal ideas Let's get into the episode There's so much to talk about here in episode 3 Broad strokes, the sitcom plot here Is Wanda is now pregnant They're dealing with the fact that she has A much expedited pregnancy That's going on to the point where it takes Under a day for her finally to give birth to twins Uh, Our new uh, Keep liking her name Is it uh, Gabrielle Is that what we're calling her? Joanna Paris' character? What? Geraldine. Geraldine. Yeah, G- I don't know why I keep messing that up. Uh, Geraldine uh, is coming into the house and Wanda's trying to keep the pregnancy secret. Meanwhile, Vision is going to get the doctor who's about to head off on vacation. Uh, so lots of stuff going on there. And by the end of the episode, we've gotten a lot more information about what's going on outside this bubble that's been created or whatever's going on. Uh, we've certainly found out a lot more about what's going inside the bubble as well in the town. Uh, they've given birth to twins. They are Tommy and Billy, who fans of the comics know, grow up to be Scarlet Witch's twins. So great, not just Easter egg, but like plot point there. That's um, just a that, regular egg. Yeah, That's it's an egg. It's just an egg. It's an egg. Yeah. Uh, maybe even an omelet, to be honest, like something yeah. that's uh, come to fruition. I don't, don't make omelets out of your kids. Uh, whenever I whenever I eat an omelet, I'm like, I'm so happy these eggs came to fruition on my plate. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, okay, so that's broad strokes about the episode. A lot of stuff to dive in there. Um, uh, what do you guys want to start with? I, I mean, I think the fun new intro is what I want to start with. Go for it, Pete. I, I like how that every episode we're getting a kind of different time period intro. I think it's a it's a kind of a cool thing to look forward to with each app. Um, uh, also now we got the kind of WandaVision in color, which was something they actually did back in the day when television went to yeah. color. Uh, it's in color. Uh, so that was just like kind of a funny, uh, bit. Uh, yeah. And also the house is different. Like it mm-hmm. seems like it's a kind of completely different house, which is it's kind of basically uh, maybe you're about to say this, Justin. It's basically the Brady Bunch house. Yes. Yeah, it's the Brady Bunch house. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. our TV references uh, to me anyway are Mary Tyler Moore, Brady Bunch here, especially mm-hmm. with the opening credits. And um, I do think the set is a slightly tweaked version of of the reference show in each in each episode, I think. Mm-hmm. In the first two, same thing. But I would also argue it's a slightly purposefully uncomfortable version of the set like Hmm. this the way that door is on the left and the stairway is like awkwardly in the shot the whole time and maybe i'm reading too much into this but it feels like it's oppressive like it's being Mm -hmm. laid on them in a way that's like uh awkward 
And I think that's true of the the previous sets. Like the um the double doors that opened in the first yeah. episode were like way too big and like uh felt like unruly and sort of like oppressive and when they were in the kitchen and like I think that's perhaps an intentional thing to show that these shows are really bearing down on our on our heroes. Now let me ask you guys, you you both have kids. Uh when your wives got pregnant, did it feel like same day just shooting out babies? Does it go by Certainly so to quick? be yeah <laughs> wow uh let's bring let's bring alex's wife into the stream just to talk about this real quick. She's ready. Yeah. uh no you know i do think like uh, we talked about with the previous episode how well this is balancing the whole mcu nature with thematically does it work as tv episodes but certainly i think that's where my head is really at when i'm looking at this is does this work as a tv show or the thing that makes me super annoyed when people say it is it more of a six hour movie, but on TV. And right now I actually think they're doing a good job of making it episodic specifically what they drive in immediately. And particularly with Paul Bettany's performance in this episode is the panic of being new parents. It's sped up, it's magical. So they get to go through all of the different parts of it very quickly. But that feels like a a sitcom episode that they would have done back in the seventies with some sort of magical couple Um, with all of the emotional, uh, to your point, Pete, like all of that panic that you potentially feel as a father, what am I going to do? Do I know how to do it right? I'm going to practice putting on the diapers so I get it right. So I know what I'm doing. And then it all changes when you actually have the kid in your head and it becomes something entirely different, which is exactly what happens over the arc of this episode. Now, did you guys both practice on dolls, uh, you know, putting on diapers and stuff? Nah, the diaper stuff, <laughs> you sort of figured out. Uh, and then once you do it once, it's like, well, I'm going to do this a thousand times mm-hmm. uh, going forward. Um, but this parenting workshop, if I can put it on hold for one second, um, <laughs> the um, I feel like when last episodes, I feel like the reference was Pleasantville. Mm-hmm. Um, this one feels almost like too many cooks. The Adult Swim <laughs> yes. um, sketch that was released like uh, maybe 10 years ago now, um, which was about like the sort of circular nature of sitcoms and how it's almost family sitcoms over the years and it's sort of how they make you crazy by the end. I feel like that is so accurate for this. Um, and then as we're moving into this sort of 1970s sitcom world, no more workplace. The, all the workplace people have moved to become neighbors or people that they bump into. I think that's very accurate for the decade. And that's when we start to see the reality really start to degrade around. Uh, Vision yeah. I mean, in terms of references, this could probably be applied to, all three episodes at this point, but it really drove home to me with uh, Scarlet Witch's reaction to, oh my God, why am I, Geraldine? Geraldine. Geraldine. I don't know why I haven't met, I think my mental block there is because I know her character's name is Monica Rambeau, and I know who Monica ah. Rambeau is, and the fact that she's using a different name, I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't shove that in there. Yeah. Uh, but Geraldine, her reaction to her, and how she looks at her, and is like, what are you doing here? What's going on here? And clearly, even though we get to, don't get to see it, kicks her out of this bubble. Um, it felt very, I don't know if you guys have seen the Twilight Zone episode, It's a Good Life, uh, the one with the kid who has basically wish powers and sends people yeah. into the corn and stuff. Um, that, everybody being very careful, also Catherine Hahn and everybody else, being very careful around Scarlet Witch and everything going on, I got a lot of shades of that, of sort of this, wish kid who they don't want to piss off in the wrong way or things are going to go very badly. 
Uh, just to correct you, uh, Alex, I, I, I'm, I haven't seen a head, uh, obviously, but I'm pretty sure when we get to the 90s era, you're going to find that she fresh prints of Bel Air style threw her out mm. outside of the house. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. DJ Judge's Jeff style. That isn't really so. a correction so That's much. That's not it's a just a thing no. you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying when we get to the 90s, sure. they're going to show it and then you'll be wrong. So you don't have to do a whole corrections thing again. Oh. You know, I'm trying to help oh, you out. thanks, like Peter. I really appreciate it. Like a pre-correction. Yeah. Also, no. <laughs> Yeah. as being a dick. <laughs> well, I'm a pre-cog, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I do want to throw out one means. other reference while we're talking about uh, comic book stuff. This was mentioned to us by Stray Ward on YouTube. And I don't know if they're specifically pulling on this, but I do think this is a fun one to read anyway. There's this book called Avengers Standoff, where all the villains were sent to a small town called Pleasant Hill. They were living mm. there. Their minds were wiped. And I yes. think Winter Soldier shows up and is like, what is happening here? And it yeah. slowly starts to unravel. Spoilers, you find out S.H.I.E.L.D. is behind it and they're trying a new type of prison for the villains. But it's a very fun crossover that probably has similar themes, if not necessarily what they're pulling on for the show. Yeah, that was a, one of those sort of micro crossovers from three mm. or four years ago that just sort of came and went. Yeah. And it was a good story. That was probably when micro machines were real prop popular. Yeah, probably that. Thanks. Probably just want to do a little correction. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, but I want to get back to Paul Bentley uh, in this episode. Just a little bit of a correction. His name is Paul Bettany, Pete. Oh, thanks. Yep, this no is problem. spinning uh, out of control. It's <laughs> a good bit. PB, uh, PB&J yeah. was, uh, I really liked his, like, how did this happen to the doctor moment, you know? Um, really funny. Like, his kind of, like, playing catch up to everything happening so fast was a very kind of a cool theme that was happening uh, through throughout this uh, episode. Well, and sort of on that, like the way that the reality falls apart um, throughout this episode, I thought was great. The hub working on uh, his hedges and cutting into the fence, I thought was very cool as a way of just like, brick wall. yeah, uh, just being like, uh, what's happening here? And it's it's unsettling. And you see yeah. it unsettled vision and us, the viewer, being like, we know this is wrong because we know the format of these sitcoms. You get her water breaking uh, as um, rain. Um, sprinklers. It was almost like sprinklers going off. Yeah, sprinklers. <laughs> sprinklers are inside rain. So well, that's what it was. It raining inside their house. So I figured it was a sprinkler system. I, th I think uh, it was rain. I think the joke was that she was creating rain because she was oh. doing. I don't know if you know. This is like a little bit of an Easter egg. She was doing magic throughout the show. Oh, yeah. very little Easter egg. More of an egg, really. <laughs> I hope we can bring it to fruition. Well, actually, uh, this is something that I wanted to bring up, not to interrupt your flow here, Justin, but we've already done it, so I'm going to go ahead. Uh, one thing we haven't really talked about with the show is we haven't seen Scarlet Witch's powers manifest this way in the MCU. She yes. has been able to move stuff. She's been able to mind control. She created that dream in Tony Stark and Age of Ultron a little bit, uh, but she hasn't had reality-bending powers the way that she does in the comics, which is what we're getting here. So... I don't know. This is a, getting into speculation, and I don't really have an idea, but what do you think is going on here? Is this all imagined? Has her powers been amped up? Uh, what's your best theory at this point? I think it's going to be that her <clears throat> there's a shift in her power set because of the trauma of Vision dying, and this is her way um, of, of dealing with it. And that's why I think Agatha Harkness being part of this, I think, is, is key because she's maybe trying to shape it. Um, and maybe it has more of an understanding of the powers while uh, Monica Rambeau is in there purely as a like, 
I need to try to fix this, sort of doing the full superhero thing. It's Geraldine. Um, yes. Great. Uh, corrections department. Um, you know, we, let's mute the corrections department until we know, uh, which I guess will be next episode. Um, yeah, so that's, I, I think it, is, it will be considered a new manifestation of her powers. Pete, what's your take? I don't know. I'm, I'm still thinking that, like, she has kind of formed this protective bubble over herself and, over, like, just kind of locked out everything, and she's dealing with these problems. And I think um, that's why she threw out Geraldine, because she's not fitting into, uh, like, her uh, everything that's going on. She's starting to kind of, like, uh, uh, question it. And the fact that Vision was, like, uh, you know, kind of restarted or mind wiped. And like, it was like, he said something is wrong. And then she kind of redid it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very, very telling that like, um, it, I, for me, it feels like this is all her doing. It, I, I'm definitely leaning towards that at this point, but I did want to jump back and talk about the Geraldine Wanda conversation. Exactly what you're talking about with vision as well. Uh, that, all that stuff was fantastic. Uh, you know, yeah. we got a sense, we talked about this with episode two a little bit, that Geraldine is kind of poking at them very gently. And it feels like when she mentions Pietro, first of all, kind of a maligned storyline from Age of Ultron that I think yeah. comes back here phenomenally in a very emotional yeah. way. That's very surprising. But it feels like based on Tayana Paris's performance that I think she realizes she goes a little too far. She thinks she's hooking into Wanda remembering things, but she pushes her too hard. We've seen this beekeeper who had the sword logo on it. We've seen the helicopter, uh, very invasive with the sword logo on it. And now uh, her necklace. Yeah. Now she's the necklace with the sword logo on it. And I think Wanda's assumption is these are people attacking her and attacking her town. And she pushes back on that. I I still think they're good guys. But I don't yep. think Wanda knows that yet, and I don't think Vision knows that yet. And I think to her it probably doesn't matter because whatever it is, it's a threat to what she's trying to do here. Um, and to get into sort of how our theorizing may be changing, before we had talked about it as like a pocket dimension, they're the only real people. I feel like this episode sort of puts us in the direction like this is a real town. The residents of the town are trapped there, and they are forced to go along with it. I think Hub's line in this episode where he's like – uh, it's hard to escape a small town. Small town, yeah. Uh, small yeah. town's so hard to escape, I thought. And you could see he's, like, clearly upset. And Catherine Hahn talking to him. And I think this, the strategies between um, Geraldine and uh, Catherine Hahn's character are interesting. Like, Catherine Hahn feels like she's trying, doing everything to preserve this environment. She's trying to keep the game going, keep the sitcom stories moving along um, as, as quickly and cleanly as she can. While uh, Monica Rambeau, Geraldine, is in there trying to push, trying to like be like, hey, there's a real world out there. And, and in here she sort of punctures the reality too much too quick and gets punished for it. Yeah. The thing that I thought was interesting about the Catherine Hahn, uh, what's, what is the name of the guy who is trimming the hedges? What was his Hub. Ca- Hub? Uh, <laughs> it, it made me feel like Catherine Hahn, like we've been kind of talking about, is not necessarily the villain, not necessarily the bad guy, like you're saying, Justin. They seem scared of something. And yes. my 
best theory. I think the show is leading us along this, but it certainly feels like they're living in the sitcom reality. Maybe they think they can escape at some point. They can get out. Some people certainly seem to be more cognizant than others. We have that break with Dottie in the previous episode where it seems like she came back to reality a little bit um, versus Catherine Hahn, who seems to kind of know what's going on. But I do think the birth of the children is the thing that set them back, particularly with the doctor. He has the very dumb, very sitcom line of going, Bermuda, baby, earlier in the episode, yeah. which I thought was very funny and on point. And then his reaction at the end, it seems like once he sees the babies are born, he knows we're not getting out of here anytime soon. This Whatever this yeah. experiment is, it's moved on to the second phase, and now we're going to continue to be trapped here. Yeah, the doctor's the one that says small towns are hard to escape. But... I, I yeah. it, the the doctor was like the doctor's arc was really fun of like this. Oh, yeah, no. And then this is fine. Everything's good. And then like when he, he is like basically flash run in, uh, you know, to, to kind of deliver. And then once the baby is delivered, like that whole demeanor has changed. Like we're all kind of like trapped now, which added a real kind of like interesting, scary element to it to kind of see this fun doctor uh, kind of go through that. It almost maybe maybe it feels like um, the Catherine Hahn strategy and maybe some of the townspeople strategy is to finish the story, quote unquote, mm-hmm. finish each sitcom story. And that will be their escape. Like she'll almost release them once she's lived out everything she needs. While Geraldine Monica Rambeau is there to be like, we need to solve this now. Um, I don't think this is she just keeps regressing, keeps getting deeper into reality, mm-hmm. into this false reality. But I thought it was interesting when the twins were born. That's a real moment between Vision and Scarlet Witch. Like yes. you can see she's genuinely like happy, he's genuinely happy. And I think that's what her goal is is if the Vision is dead or dying in these this moment in this town and she's preserved this moment, she's living out their lives as best she can and so these moments are in what it's all about. Yeah, that's interesting. It's almost like before he dies, she's slowing down time to give them a life together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he can kind of like die at the end. Yeah, sort of like I said this earlier, but Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge is an old, I think it's an O. Henry story and then a film I saw in like elementary school where a guy is uh, is dying. He's being hung because he was a criminal of some sort. And then, but you watch and the rope breaks and he escapes and this, the story is all about his journey, how he, he gets away, he dodges all these like close calls. And then at the very last minute of the story, it flashes back and he just dies. So it's wow. like living out that bit of your life in the last moment of your life. Yeah, do you wonder if they would go back to that moment in Infinity War? It does feel like maybe regressing it a little bit. But I also, on the same note, don't know how past Endgame you get Scarlet Witch. She's not necessarily in this distraught place at the end of the movie. So if this does take place after Endgame versus what you're saying, Justin, in that moment in Infinity War, what triggers it? You know, is it just spiraling grief of we're past this massive war with Thanos? Now I can sit down and I realize what's happened. Or is it something else? And I'm just not sure at this point. Yeah. All right, it it could also be a break later past Endgame where she just fully yeah. hasn't dealt with all this and it's a it's a full disaster. Okay, we got to start talking about the real hero of this episode, the stork. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. that's just comedy gold. That bit went on a little too long for me. <laughs> wow. I'm just going to throw it out there. I, I liked it. There was good beats. There was a good pickup on... Uh, Geraldine. Geraldine. Jesus Christ. Uh, what is that? 
Your oh, bro, Pete, my God. Pete, Pete broke your brain. I'm so I think sorry. so. Uh, Geraldine <laughs> wearing those fish pads and that paying off with the stork, kind of picking at them. That's fun. Yeah. It all feels very 70s sitcom, but there was something about that bit where I was like, let's just let's move on. Just for a You didn't like what the stork uh, like got right up next to the picture of the stork and kind of like stood there. You I think it was good? that I liked other bits earlier on better. I think the fruit bowl is a fun little thing. I think the jacket's changing uh, while she's going through labor is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Which she stopped to enjoy the mink. That was hilarious. That was a great beat as well. And I think even little things like when she starts to go through, I think it's the Braxton Hicks at this point and the kitchen goes crazy and they're screaming and running out of the kitchen. It all felt very in the 70s moment down to her poses at the end and everything. Yeah. Um, this episode to me, I've loved Paul Bettany in the previous episodes and I thought he was great here. Here in particular, I noticed how much Elizabeth Olsen has been modulating her voice every episode to yeah. embrace the era. And I was very impressed. Well, I think just the detail work um, performance wise um, and the pacing of the story is is really amazing. Like the way they're able to move to tweak their performances as they move in and out of the sitcom stuff. And mm-hmm. then in these moments where reality starts to come in like that back and forth um, uh, montage between Vision outside talking to Catherine Hahn and Hub and um, her inside and Wanda inside with Geraldine is so great. The performances are sort of ping-ponging back and forth. The shots are changing um, as it's getting out of the sitcom world and more into the stressful reality of the false uh, false world they're in. And even in the end, when we switch over to the letterbox and it goes into movie form, which I guess is meant to be the real reality. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and she uh, Monica Rambeau flies out of the town. Military surrounds her. Daydream, Geraldine. Um, my name is correct as well. Uh, Daydream believer playing, which I think is such a fun song choice. And there were a couple of interesting things about that moment. I thought. I mean, first of all, just visually, you kind of see the energy crackling around as she gets thrown out of the dome. I know we keep calling it a dome. We don't know that it's a dome. I just kind of assume that. But you see sort of this TV test pattern as she's being pushed outside. But then when she's outside, two things happen that I'm not quite sure how to parse. One is you definitely see the Scarlet Witch energy signature crackling around her and swirling around her. So that seems pretty clear. But also her clothes didn't change back. They stay. I kind of expected her to suddenly be in a shield uniform or a sword uniform or a beekeeper's uniform or something like that. But nope, she's still got the Geraldine outfit on. And I thought that was an interesting detail to kind of hold onto going forward. Well, I think that points to what we were saying earlier, that Catherine Hahn and all the townspeople were in the town when this happened. And that's why their main characters and Geraldine, Monica Rambeau, has inserted herself. So I think she's sort of undercover. Mm-hmm. She's wearing the, She put on those clothes so she could blend in with the era of oh, sitcom that they're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of want to talk about, like, in uh, three episodes of very, you know, just short episodes, we've gone through so much. Like, so much has happened, but because of the TV show format, they were really able to pack a lot of stuff in. It's really impressive, everything that's gone on in these three episodes and the arcs and all the stuff that has happened. I've, I went from... After the first episode, being like, I don't like this. I, I this is scary. Wow, wow. Really- I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is stupid. I need smelling salts to wake me up because I'm just <laughs> not doing well right now. Yeah, thanks for recapping all that. But I just feel like it's 
from where it started to where we are now in three episodes is can, really I'm sorry. Impressive. Can you say how it started, how it's going? That's kind of like the internet meme. So, Oh, nice. Okay. Dude. It would be yes. a much more fun to do that. Yeah, brand yeah, manager. So let's take that back. Whatever. We're just going to rewind because you sort of fucked that up in the same way Vision does in this episode. <laughs> Something <laughs> is wrong. And then mm-hmm. they speak only in internet speak if possible. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Can you talk about so Bean I, Dad real quick? I just, I just think that <laughs> uh, it's impressive uh, what they've done so far. And I know that I started off uh, not enjoying myself, but man, uh, it's... I can't wait for the next episode, and it's it's really awesome. Awesome, you I'm trust. glad you're You've coming been on around. a journey. Um, yeah. let, the one thing I think we haven't talked about in the episode is the commercial, mm-hmm. um, and that was felt like sort of the other commercials felt very specific about certain things. This one felt like a big clue for the overarching situation. Like, do you need a break? A world all your own? Want to get away but don't want to go anywhere? That feels very mm-hmm. commentary on what literally the story and what's happening. Yeah. Well, but it's, 100%. Uh, oh, go ahead, Pete. But it's also called Hydra Soak, which made me think like, oh, Hydra, like, uh, you know, that could be an interesting idea that's injected in there. Yeah. <laughs> like the organization for the MCU? Yeah. Or the yeah, mythological like- creature? Ooh. Well, it's, it's oh, hard okay. to tell. It is hard to tell. So here's what we got in terms of commercial clues so far, right? The first one is the Stark toaster. We talked about that a little bit, potentially that being the Stark bomb. Uh, the second one, we got the Strucker watch, which does have Hydra on it, and it has the Hydra symbol on it, which could indicate a bunch of things. It could indicate they're behind it, like we talked about. Uh, it could be an offshoot of Hydra. It could be AIM, uh, that it dresses like beekeepers in the comic books, so you certainly got that indication there. Or it could just be Scarlet Witch's history, where she was taken yeah. in by Hydra, and that's part of her. That could be the same thing with the Hydra Soak in this episode, where it's just kind of as she walks through her own personal history, it's riffing off of that. Or it could in, be indicating the bad guy behind it. Yeah, it's also like it's a commercial break. We call them a commercial break. It's also like she may be having a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that's uh, those are sort of. I certainly up. feel like that every time I have to watch commercials. Yeah. Oh, wow. Speaking of which, thank you to this uh, week's sponsor, Children's Television <laughs> Workshop, Me yes, Want uh, Cookie. Uh, yeah, they asked me to say that. I don't they make you say that. Yeah, every time. I want cookie, too. Uh, as we start to wrap up here, uh, any other moments we want to call out? I, I just wanted to mention, yeah. we talked a lot about okay. the supporting cast, and I wanted to mention them by name. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget, but uh, Asif Ali as Norm, Jolene Purdy as Beverly, and we've been calling him Mustache Guy, but David Lenkel. Mustachio. Mustachio. Uh, David Lenkel is Phil Jones, and I thought it was such a weird but funny reveal that it turns out he's married to Dottie. Uh, yeah. There's that great scene in the middle where she comes in and asks, do these earrings make me look fat and his deadpan? The power goes up. Oh, thank God. Very funny. Yeah, the power goes out, and then he goes, oh, thank God. He's the real hero of this show right now for me. I'm enjoying him quite a bit. Uh, Any other moments you guys want to mention that we may have skipped over? Uh, I just feel like if somebody knocks on your door and asks for a bucket, you can just be like, go fuck yourself. All right? I'm not going to give you You can cut out a couple of words there and say, bucket? Fuck it. Nice. Um, okay, I'll know not to knock on darken your door when I need something <laughs> to bail out my house. Well, I feel like there's real things, and then there's, like, what do you mean you need a bucket? How do you not have a bucket? How do you exist without a bucket? What are some things I could borrow from you that would be reasonable to your mind? 
uh, you know, sugar. If you were like, Hey man, I really need to get drunk right now. You know, I give you some of my booze or beer or something, you know, like the normal things you ask somebody, but a bucket was so just so out of, if I came over and asked for a bucket, you'd be like, fuck this guy. I, <laughs> I, I'm concerned about this. If I came over and was like, Hey, I need to get drunk right now. You'd be like, yeah. totally normal. Come on in. Yep. It's happened. <laughs> okay. It's happened. Makes sense. I always, I always have extra booze just in case. Uh, let's, Wrap this up with our vision boards. What are on our vision boards for the next episode? Justin, let's go to you first. Well, I mean, if we've done Brady Bunch, are we moving into 80s? Is Are we going to get perhaps a Mr. Belvedere situation? No the- doy. Mr. Belvedere? <laughs> I feel like the reference is probably Full House, right? Like, that's what they got to go for. Uh, you got an Olsen. Come on! Family ties. I feel like Full House, you could throw an edge into 90s. 80s TV is uh, sitcoms are like what are what are the big ones? Um, Family ties. Charles in charge. Charles in charge, perhaps. Like Webster. I feel like uh, I feel like that's the world. And in the preview mm-hmm. image, different um, strokes. Some of the the preview images from what I assume is the next episode. It does look like Mr. Belvedere's house. So I'm just throwing that out <laughs> there. Right. Uh, it's possible. So Saved I'm, by the Bell. I'm just look. That was the 90s. I'm looking forward to how they uh, sort of show us that world mm. um, very much. So and. It also, um, because of the timeline, like there are nine episodes in this series, episode three seventies, four we're assuming eighties, five nineties. Do we get into aughts in the sixth episode? Then there were three more episodes. So Nobody cares yeah, about the I think by the time we get to the final episode, we'll be in the twenty twenties, so it'll be what, sea shanty TikToks? Good. Oh yeah. my god. Maybe Queeby. Uh, <laughs> it'll be Queeby <laughs> style. Wow. Seven minutes Quibi? long and cancelled. Quibby's last stand. I I do think that we're gonna eventually push through into um whatever the final battle is so um i'm really enjoying the move through the decades before we yeah. get to whatever that is uh on my vision board i, I want to see more of the outside at this point like now that we've gotten past the first act of the show um i want to see a little bit more of what's going on i love the sitcom stuff i think it's a lot of fun but i think there's an opportunity to change up the format over the next three episodes and kind of split our time between inside and outside and reveal a little bit more of what's going on I love a good mystery, but there's going to be a point when it's feeling like it's dragging on too long. Uh, this is a classic. Partic- go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. This is a classic lost fan ask. Like, oh, I want to yeah. see. I want to live with the others for a season or whatever. It's like, no, <laughs> stick with the. No, I do want to see team. it. I want to see sword. I want to see what's going on outside. Now that we've gone outside the dome, let's keep following Giselle. Geraldine, <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> Geraldine. I don't know. <laughs> clearly yeah clearly yeah clearly let's follow yeah. whoever that is See it's funny how you're like you're like let me list some um esoteric wonder man facts but you can't remember the name that we've said many times uh that's i i hate that i hate that about my life <laughs> it's terrible yeah people are like oh hey do you remember this person that you met last year they're doing this thing now and i'm like i have no memory of that the other day my kids were like hey real quick can you name every robin in order and i was like no problem (laughs) here it goes here's the alternate universe versions that's so crazy your your son gerald and your daughter geraldine must have been so mad who uh, (laughs) pete what's on your vision board well there's a lot of bubbles you know it's very blue uh, it's really about breaking through, you know, and finding out what's real and what's not. Uh, but I got to give a shout out to Mustachio. You kind of took that thunder from me. But uh, even though we got just a little taste, it was so worth it. And that uh, really uh, 
made my episode. I thought that was just so funny. As far as cutaway shots go, that was legendary. And that's what you want to uh, see but, more of going forward. In the vision board section, oh, it's new. We're talking about next yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward. Yeah. So I think that, uh, you know, but sometimes you got to break through before you're ready to look forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope when we do move forward, we still get cutaways to mustachio. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that we tasted the outside world, but I think it will start inside and then we'll kind of get more and more of the outside kind of breaking in or breaking out. But uh, I'm excited to see how this moves forward. I don't want to immediately just drop uh, the fun openings and the different eras. I, I feel like a slow transition uh, will work. I don't think we will. And I think we're in for a wild ride here as we continue our way through WandaVision on Marvel Vision. Uh, we'll keep putting out the episodes as quickly as we possibly can on Fridays or over the weekend. Uh, so stay tuned for those. If you want to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Uh, to Crowdcast and also the comic book club channel on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about WandaVision and the rest of the MCU. Socially, you can follow us at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Comic Book Club Live.com for this <laughs> podcast. More? Oh, sorry, Geraldine.com. That's what I meant. Go to yeah, Geraldine.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, Marvel you later. <laughs> I'm still working on it. Count it. That's a good one. <laughs>